Welcome to a new episode of the Sunday Sauce. I'm here with director S.K. Dale. He just recently directed a movie called Till Death with Megan Fox, which was a great movie. It's actually a thriller, I would say. Right? Would you say? Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think of it more as a, a thriller with, with horror tropes within it. Right, right. Um, it's actually pretty... Uh, <laughs> when I watched it, it was like... Megan Fox uh, has, I mean, I don't really want to ruin it for people, but basically she has an affair and um, her husband kills himself and, and, uh, and handcuffs himself to her. It's a very crazy movie. Uh, <laughs> you guys should watch it. It's pretty, it's pretty nuts. But um, where, where did you come up with this idea? Well, uh, it was actually a writer by the name of Jason Carvey who uh, wrote a screenplay and it made the blood list within LA and uh, started circulating around and uh, Millennium came across it. They loved it, optioned it and started searching for a director. And from what I hear, it took them maybe six months to find a director that they felt had the same vision as what they had in their mind. So, uh, you know, once I came along and read the script, I just loved that core concept of um, a woman trapped in this lifeless marriage and now she's trapped to her lifeless husband. I just, I loved the visuals of it so much and wanted to play around with that. And I just had so many ideas and, you know, it probably took about 10 meetings with these guys, just throwing ideas and seeing which ones were sticking to uh, uh, finally get, let them uh, give me the job. Yeah, I mean, it's not really, um... Uh, unrealistic kind of thing. I mean, a lot of women and men are trapped in very cold marriages that they don't want to be in. They feel like they're forced to be in it. So it's it's not really unrealistic. I mean, handcuffing yourself and killing yourself is kind of crazy. But you know, but but the the general marriage thing isn't really so unrealistic. Yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> the, the emotional conflict is. Uh a very common situation that people find themselves in. It's more the actual, uh, the handcuffing. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, yeah, that, that's a bit more rare. Yeah, yeah. Um, so were you, so are you from, you're from Australia, right? Yes, correct, yes. So, so are you currently living there now or you're in the States? I'm uh, still currently in, in Melbourne, Australia. Wow. Uh, it's, uh, I, I love it here. I do want to come back to the States um, and particularly New York. And, um, right. you know, it's actually... You know, great to hear uh, people. I was actually very nervous about New Yorkers watching this film because we were setting it there and I only spent a few weeks there. And, um, you know, I wanted to, at least the, the start part kind of takes, is meant to take place in New York. So I wanted to try and do as best as possible to, to make it feel like New York. Yeah, you actually filmed it in Bulgaria, right? Correct. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's, is it? I mean, I feel like Bulgaria, I've never been there, but I feel like it's like kind of a shithole. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's actually a really beautiful city. There's is it, so is it really? Uh, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it is. Honestly, um, <laughs> one of the one of the most beautiful cities I've ever been in, um, and it, it it's it's had a very like European feel to it, and on, yeah, just incredible, incredible. Honestly, I I tell everyone if you're ever traveling Europe, go go to Sofia because it's such a beautiful country and and beautiful people. But the actual places that we were, were shooting on, they, uh, they have a, Millennium has their own studio there and they actually have a New York City backdrop. And so we, mm. we relied on that um, for the actual shooting because it's just, you know, you get those, um, 
kind of tiled roads and all that. It just looks very European and it's impossible to try and make it feel like New York. So we relied on the backdrop for all exterior shots. So why do, so this is, I'm glad you brought that up. So now why is it with New York? Is it expensive to shoot here? Cause I live here, right? I live in, I live in Brooklyn. So is it really expensive to shoot here? Yes. Like I think it's also just from a, from a, uh, a larger point of view, I think America, it just becomes much more expensive. Um, there are some states that have, you know, good tax credits and stuff like that, but that's usually um, the bigger kind of Marvel productions that are kind of taking those. And uh, there's, there's a lot of productions obviously still happening in America. I, I would say that from my perspective, it seems that television really embraces shooting on those locations and stuff like that where movies i think it's just really producers just find it much more cheaper to shoot it out out in different areas and um you know it's kind of it's disappointing i do love watching like those movies in the 80s and 90s where they really shot it in those locations and you feel you feel that but uh unless you're martin scorsese i think it's becoming much more uh difficult to, to shoot in New York. Well, well when you're Martin Scorsese, you, you got, you have the budget to shoot in New York. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> exactly. if, if Martin, when Martin Scorsese says he wants to shoot in New York city, he's shooting in New York city. And that, that's that, or, you know, exactly. No, and, yeah. You know, you're right. It's something, you know, for what we, we shot it in 26 days. Um, and honestly, I think if we took that budget and we tried to shoot in New York, that probably would would shrink down to to ten days. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So uh, it does allow you more time to to you know get things on camera. This this movie actually got pretty good. Uh, you know, Rotten Tomatoes is the most uh, famous like movie rating um, website around, and it got actually what it got like I think I read it was eighty nine or eighty six percent, which is actually pretty good for like a straight to video. Uh, movie right video on demand they call it vod right so yeah yeah that's that's and and you know megan fox really hasn't been um very active lately so it's mm. like she she did a pretty pretty good job in this movie. yeah no i I'm, I'm definitely um proud with uh, how it turned out it's exciting to see uh critics really you know enjoying it and and um uh so yeah i i don't know if I really expected them to to kind of come out and enjoy a movie like this just because it is, you know, within that thriller horror genre that I think critics usually um, pan, but but uh, I think they seem to really resonate with the the, the metaphors and the visual um, ideas that we were exploring in the film, which was exciting. And, and it was really exciting to have Megan kind of stepping back into something that does have these horror tropes within it and seeing her embrace that. And I, I think she should do more, more horror. I think, um, uh, yeah, I mean, she's, she's obviously got the physicality to do the action and stuff that she's doing. And this movie really um, uh, required a lot of uh, physical uh, you know, uh, prowess from her, but she, yeah, I think she um, really brought some some interesting elements to to her character and it, it was exciting just to to see her kind of doing something that I think at this point I had never really seen her play um, that adult role for lack of a better word she she, she 
had done, you know, obviously the, the teenage kind of action films with Transformers and stuff like that mm-hmm. um, and team-orientated stuff, but it was rare to kind of see her in an R-rated kind of adult drama. Um, so um, that was exciting, was, was kind of playing, you know, getting her to play in a, in a, in a new box like that. She had a, like, I read drag a stunt man around, right? That's like... <laughs> Yeah, we did, we was did that our guy? best to <laughs> that uh, build yeah. a dummy, um, but our budget did not allow us to build one realistic enough. And when it arrived, um, it was it was just like, what? We can't we can't use this. Any sort of movement, especially you, just it looked too flimsy. So we really relied on um, our stuntman um, to be dragged around as much as possible. And uh, he was he was absolutely incredible he really embraced it he pushed himself further and there's certain things that I would watch him do that I just don't understand how a living person can do and like one of them is falling down the stairs without you know um flinching or yeah yeah like clenching up or something like that clenching up yeah yeah and staying (laughs) and staying rubbery as he's tumbling down the stairs it's just like he must have been fighting every urge in in his body to not clench up um so he was he was absolutely amazing and um and i also give credit to to uh, megan's stunt uh, woman desi she we we kind of had to because there were so many scenes of her dragging this body through the snow up the stairs falling down the stairs and everything um you know desi and and uh, and the stunt doubles they just all did incredible work uh <laughs> for this film when you pitched this to Megan, was she on board at first or she was like, eh, what, what, what was her she, agent? She had actually read the script and then they messed, uh, you know, they contacted me and said she's interested in, in doing the uh, film. Oh. And um, so I remember like getting off that phone and it was just, it was more vague. It was kind of like, yeah, so, you know, I think we're going to set up a call, blah, blah, blah. And, and I hung up and I said to my uh, wife, I said, I think, uh, I think Megan Fox is interested in doing the film. Like I just kind of, it was just all so much at once. And then uh, I got her on and she, the funniest thing was she, her first thing was I found the script so funny and I couldn't believe it because it's such a dark script. It's such a horrific moment, but she found this, uh, this uh, dark humor in falling down the stairs and just the visuals of it. You know, there is, Mm -hmm. there is a lot of dark humor within this, um, quite the uh, horrific uh, <laughs> uh, story, but um, yeah, she was really on, she was really on board for it from the, from the get go. And she had some really good ideas. And in fact, at that point, um, the script actually had her putting on the wedding dress early on. And she said, look, I really like this, but you know, I feel like, and I think ready or not had just come out. And she was like, I feel like we've seen this visual, um, you know, motif, now already and said so I, I said yeah I've already been thinking about it. what if we you know um, embrace that and actually you know lean the opposite way and have her not put on the wedding dress she puts on his tuxedo instead you know she puts on the shirt tuxedo shirt inside out mm-hmm. um, sliding it up the handcuff then she pants and the um, uh, and use the uh, braces as a belt um, and she loved that idea and um, and we worked on that and played around with that in, in pre-production um, and we got that outfit kind of ready and we, you know, it's all bloodied and she's wearing 
a shirt that's, you know, three sizes too big, pants that are three sizes too big. And she, she arrives on set and she puts it on and she made it look uh, incredibly stylish. She can pull off anything, including uh, blood splattered, uh, uh, you know, male size suit. So uh, she's a very attractive <laughs> woman, so she can, you know, pull off anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, um, but yeah, it was, it was, you know, she really brought a lot to it. And I knew that she was going to bring 110% to the action scenes and she really, she really did, and it was exciting to see her, um, you know, doing these fight scenes. And um, we were moving so quickly, so it was kind of we we're learning on the fly. These, the, you know, she's got a bunch of fight scenes throughout it, and uh, and and we were a little bit nervous about shooting underwater and 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 everything like that. We had a uh, incredible um, scuba team over there in Bulgaria, and they have Europe's largest water tank. They've just built it. It's actually. Uh, an incredible um, studio and uh, and yeah and she embraced it and she was absolutely incredible in in, in those scenes. How was it um, shooting with COVID over there was it crazy or? It was um, really intense because it was so early on in this in in the whole pandemic right. and right. in fact what had happened is we were in prep in March of uh uh, what would it have been, 2020? And it was the day of my birthday. They brought in a birthday cake and we were two weeks out from uh, shooting and I blew out the candles. They sang happy birthday and then they told me they were shutting down the studio and that I had to leave. And so we, they, it was just as, it was the day that I think the US had kind of started to close their borders. So everyone was kind of, up in arms and not sure what to do and everything. And uh, yeah, they shut everything down. We went back home and I thought it was <laughs> um, a, a, a very uh, dark joke from God to allow me to get this close to making a film and then shut it all down and have this end of the world pandemic happening. I mean, it was so early on, we had no, I just thought, yeah, this is, uh, this is how the apocalypse starts. And we went back took a few months uh, and in those times, I just kept working with a storyboard artist and, and working out every scene. So by the time we got back, I had actually had 70% um, of the scenes, even the ones where they're just kind of sitting around doing nothing, I had them storyboarded. So, so we could go in and we could approach it as quickly as possible and, and shoot what we needed without needing to get coverage. I'm not a big fan of shooting coverage. Right. I like to get just the shots that we're gonna need uh, and focus on getting more takes for, for those shots. Um, uh, and then, so by the time we went back a few months later, we were one of the first productions to kind of start up again in the world. So it was very nerve wracking. Um, and they had divided the, the crew into th essentially three groups. You had, you know, group A, B and C, um, and they weren't allowed to interact with each other. And, um, you, know, you know, everyone's wearing masks every day and it was, and it was kind of you bringing in your lighting team separate from sound team and you know the camera team. It was it slowed the process down quite a lot, and uh, I think we in the end we did lose a little bit of that budget to uh, ensuring the safety of the cast right. and crew. Right. But it was it was incredible. We didn't have one single case while we were shooting, um, and uh, I was really proud with the with the crew kind of. Uh, sticking it out and, and especially, um, you know, when 
they had shut down for so long. You know, I don't think a lot of the, the Bulgarian crew had, you know, government support in that way that was kind of helping them uh, survive. Unlike, you know, Australia, where we had a lot of um, money kind of pushed out for people to not be going to work and all that and allowing them. So mm. I think these guys were so hungry just to get back on set and to, mm. to continue, you know, continue shooting. And um, yeah, it was, it was an incredible experience. Um, the odd thing I would say was a lot of the crew would have, uh, you know, you'd spend so long with this crew, but they're wearing masks and you would have no idea. I don't think you realize how much the lower face kind of uh, dictates what they right. look like. You just, you like your, yeah. your mind kind of assumes what it is. And sometimes, you know, at lunch when everyone's outside, you look in the distance and someone's pulled down the mask. And you're like, oh my God, that's what they look like. I, I don't <laughs> think I would recognize them yeah. in public. Uh, yeah. So that was quite odd to spend so much time with people without really knowing uh, what their full face looked like. Yeah, it's that's pretty crazy. Um, so you shoot this movie. It's pretty successful. Uh, is there any future plans? You're gonna, you have any other movies lined up? Yeah, we're currently developing a, a few projects with a few different people that are, it's pretty exciting. Some of the stuff we're working on, I can't really talk about anything right, right. too much yeah. yet, but um, yeah, yeah. I would say, you know, a, a lot of that stuff is kind of, a lot of my stuff is, is playing within that thriller horror, but we're also kind of expanding into some really exciting territory with, uh, uh, sci-fi and, and were, drama as well. Were you always in the horror? Cause I'm a, I'm a big, like, so I'm an old school. I mean, I don't, I'm like, like Halloween, the, the original is my favorite yeah. horror movie. That is the masterpiece of all masterpieces. It's not really horror more. It's more suspense, but that's just like John Carpenter made the perfect movie with Michael Myers. You don't really yeah. see him that much, you know? So it's like, I, I mean, that's just like the perfect horror movie to me. No, I agree. I think, for me, it's funny because growing up, I was so terrified of horror. I just steered away from it. And um, I still remember kind of going to the, you know, um, video stores and seeing like it, you know, and seeing a clown on a, on a, mm -hmm. on the actual VHS cassette tapes at that stage. And I was just like terrified of the covers and I couldn't do it. I couldn't sit down. I couldn't watch horror uh, for years. And uh, by the time I felt confident enough to sit down and watch horror in my late teens um we were we were kind of going through that um gore porn stage with with uh you know uh, after saw had come out right and i wasn't really um i didn't really like that subgenre of horror it felt very um cheap and undramatic yeah. the, yes. the stakes yeah. were kind of yeah put I, down. I'm not into yeah. Yeah. So I wasn't really, I kind of wasn't really interested in horror until I went back and watched the classics that you're talking about, Halloween, The Exorcist, and Rosemary's Baby. And I was just like, oh, wow, like this, there is so much more depth to the horror genre than I had ever, you know, Correct. expected. And I just fell in love and devoured as much horror as I could. And then I also started to see a pattern in um, happening in Hollywood where I felt that a lot of, uh, the other genres had to were kind of getting uh, greenlit based on the IP that they were, you know, a, a book or a comic book or, you know, uh, anything like that. But mm. I felt that horror was is and still is one of the last remaining genres that an audience gets excited by not knowing anything about it or being like seeing something new and fresh. Mm. Mm -hmm. um, and in fact, I I I think 
a lot of remake horror tends to disappoint uh, the audience. So um, I just immediately found myself attracted to that and, and that you could explore dramatic elements uh, within uh, the, the genre of horror. And you see you know, things like Get Out and stuff like that, where, which were you know, kind of redefining of what we could do with horror. Uh, and I think also throwing back to those classics that really did you know, feel like uh, dramas that were you know, encapsulated within horror. Um, yeah. Um, so I just found that all exciting. Blumhouse is actually really doing some some good stuff. They're they're mm. doing a lot of good stuff, um, especially and A twenty four as well. A twenty four, I think. Oh yeah, is... right. A twenty four. That's another good production house. Yes, yes. They're yeah. doing a lot of good stuff. Um, like the 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 Halloween uh, that came out, that the continuation, the supposed to be the continuation of the original that Blumhouse did. That was um, that was really good. Yeah. No, it was exciting. And I got to yeah. see that at the premiere in LA. I just happened to be in LA at that yeah. time. And it was uh, really exciting to see that in the, in the Chinese theater um, with like a crowd for the first time. And it's not often um, that I, I'm not, a, I, I usually, when I go to the cinema, I usually go early in the morning when there's hardly anyone coming out. I want the cinema to myself as much as possible. Um, but that was a movie that I was so glad I was sitting with a packed house with and, and, um, you know, LA, uh, just has such a, a strong film community there that right. everyone was just, you know, hardcore fans. And, uh, it was, uh, a really, uh, uh, beautiful moment to see that playing. Yeah. That, 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 they did a really good job that, well, because they had John Carpenter involved with <laughs> that. And that was, you know, you're supposed to cancel every other Halloween out and just watch Halloween one and then that one and that's it. And then Halloween kills the one that just came out. I mean, whatever. It was good. It wasn't that good, but it was it was good. And then they're gonna do Halloween ends and then and I think we're gonna be done forever with Halloween. I don't think we should touch it anymore. <laughs> yeah. I actually haven't seen Halloween kills yet. I um I was kind of um uh, elbow deep in uh, it's very in gory, very, very gory, very gory. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, just a continuation from the the other Halloween um, that just came out in 2018. Just a, it's literally a continuation of that night. Just it's, so yeah, it's quite interesting. I feel like I've seen a lot of horror sequels doing that, like Quiet Place and everything, where it's like we're literally taking you straight from that point. Yeah, like a continuation. Long. Yeah, right. Um, which is really interesting to see. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, um, well, the original Halloween 2 was also a continuation from the original Halloween. I mean, that wasn't that bad, that Halloween 2. It was really good, actually. They should have ended oh, wow. it right there instead of doing the rest of them, in my opinion. But Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then um, Hellraiser was also another good series, but yeah. they also should have stopped at, like, 2 <laughs> as well. Like, that's where a lot of these horror films, I like, I feel uh they go wrong they just keep going like freddy jason they really should stop at like two and then we're yeah. done right you would agree with it's, that it's hard for i think uh producers uh to, to turn down money though <laughs> I, of course of course of course but like the longer you go it just the shittier it gets and i believe yeah. uh lebron james actually owns the rights to friday the 13th now really yes yes oh wow yeah, he was, I think there was like a big court battle. That's why they can't um, do a remake 
because I think he owns the rights or he's trying to get the rights and there's a, a whole big legal battle about it. Interesting. Yeah, I heard the same thing for um, Nightmare on Elm Street because... Um, uh, well, New Line sold it, I think. I think they sold yeah, it okay. and they're trying to get it back. I don't know. I don't know. What yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah, yeah. David Leslie Johnson is um, he was a producer until death. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's an incredible writer. And I saw that he was attached to a, um, a new nightmare years ago. And um, from what he was saying, it just seems like it's a bit of a mess and they're not sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Horror is um, very interesting genre. Let me tell you. But uh <laughs> But uh, listen, SK, you you gave me a lot of time. Uh, where can we find you on on the socials? Oh, I'm not. I, I kind of <laughs> nothing clear of social media. I feel like uh, it's not the the, the best uh, thing for for mental health. You know. Well, uh, then you know what? We'll just tell people yeah. to go watch Till Death. It's on Netflix, yeah. right? It is. It is. It's uh, it's on Netflix in in a lot of different countries and. Um, um yeah if you know it's it's a small film that we kind of got up and running and uh you know we did it for a a pretty low budget and another thing it was that you know because of the because of the 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 three-month gap that we had in because of COVID by the time we came back it was actually summertime and we ended up having to use a lot of visual effects and practical effects to make it look snowy. Right. Um, so, you you know, we, we were able to put a lot of money up on the, the screen and I'm, I'm, you know, really proud of what we did. I mean, it was a great film. I loved it. I highly suggest people go watch it. Megan Fox, she's hot. You want to see a hot girl do some good acting and a good and good directing by my man SK, go watch Till Death. What can I tell you? That's all I can tell <laughs> you. you. All right. Well, thank you, SK. Appreciate it, man. Thank you.